Welcome everybody, Good Life Housing Partners, episode 40. We are at the 4040 Club, my friends. Here we are on a Monday, May the 7th, getting ready to go to the National Multi-Housing Conference in San Diego. June 7th. Oh, sorry, June 7th, sorry. <laughs> sorry, as you clear your throat, I take another swig of wine, so that, that's what's happening there. Um, sorry, folks. June 7th, Monday, June 7th, getting ready to go to our first conference in a very long time, David Fong. Where does this find you, my friend? Uh, very happy, uh, happy, happy mood. Uh, I went Me traveling too. last week. I think we talked about it. I was going to go on some business trips, and I spent two days in the, the lovely state of Nevada. Nevada. One one day no night in tax. Las Vegas, and one in uh, Reno. And I have to confess, um, you know, a couple things. The airports were definitely a lot more crowded. Planes were more crowded. Uh, definitely seeing a lot more activity. So, you know, some team sports. So a bunch of teams of high school kids, you know, coming to Vegas as I was leaving to, to participate in some, some sporting events. So more and more people are coming back to Vegas. Uh, and I have to confess, after this trip, I, I kind of, you know, when I got back to California, I, I know what you're saying about wanting to stay in, in, in uh, Florida. I felt like, you know, God, I got to put this mask back on now. Mask back on. Just a, <laughs> so just a, a life full of rules. A, a life full of rules, my friend. And, uh, you know, I was very relieved. You know, even though the Uber says you have to wear your mask when you first landed in Vegas. the uh, Not so much on the ground. The, yeah, not so much on the ground. And once I got out, the baggage claim, the uh, driver said to me, first thing he said to me was, oh, you don't need to wear that mask. And so myself and, and the person I was with, my... My son, we, we we both are vaccinated, and we just said okay. We just took you off. Drop the mask. That, you dropped that. You dropped those the panties, mask. huh? <laughs> dropped the, drop the mask, and, and we opened the windows a little bit too. But uh, you know, and it was refreshing. It was you know after being you know being kind of hot <laughs> with the mask on yeah. for a couple hours. Yeah, Vegas was uh, over a hundred, right? And yes, and then and then add to add to that heat. I guess that's that was also a factor. I forgot about that. Uh, you know, we had left from at Los Angeles, where we live on the beach town and it's you know a, a pleasant 70 degrees and i got to las vegas and it was 104 degrees and so i mean the mask on was was definitely uh, uncomfortable so uh you know I, i'm happy to see is we, we we're heading more and more back again toward toward the normalcy california and 11 other states latest statistics have uh 70 of residents have at least one shot of the vaccine and i think nationally the yeah, i think we're basically at 50 percent yeah, or, or better. Or, or better, yeah. But um, but that, that's for the one shot. Um, and then uh, California is, or at least LA County, is at least 50% for two doses. So so it's uh, moving moving further further as we get closer to the June 15th date. Of, and the uh, July 4th, too. Yeah, and July 4th weekend. So, yeah, so I'm looking forward to July 4th weekend when a lot more of these uh, restrictions will be gone. By yeah. Now. It's funny you, you mentioned the mask idea. And I, I look back, and I was looking back at, like, over the weekend, like, where the world was in like March and April and May of 20. And I, I started thinking about it in like a different way in the sense that like, I, like I don't know if ever in my life have I listened to like a Gavin Newsom or Garcetti or any political leader or even like Biden or Obama at like to tell me what I should and should not be doing. Because I, I have my own moral compass on what I'm like supposed to be doing legally ethically right and then generally like i'm not like waiting for the government to give me some like guidance or be my northern light on how i should be doing everything else because they are generally behind on everything mm. and so i look at it like a lot of it 
when I look now a year later, it's it's somewhat crazy because like when you go to places like these other states that are open, they just decided that they're gonna let their citizens do whatever. But I look at like California a lot of ways. Like it's it's remarkable how like complacent and obedient we became so quickly. Like we were just fell in line, and like a lot of it. Like is there like is there a lack of like independent thought ability, or is it just you just scared the shit out of your population? So I don't know what else to do. Like let's run to the grocery store, and put on masks. Well, I think it's fair, and I think it's also a combination of of. Like, I don't know if obedience is the right word, but you... And what maybe, was maybe, it? It's maybe not the, obedience. Maybe the, no, maybe it's trust. It's trust. But that, I've never trusted them before. No, no, like, no. if Eric Garcetti or Gavin Newsom's like, yo, you should try that pizza place, I'd be like, what do you know about pizza? Like, no, I don't it, care about it. maybe the trust I don't trust the, you for that, anything. No, no, but maybe trust that these, or at least the health, 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 you know, Barbara Ferreras or the Anthony Fauci's oh, of California... That loser, are, dude. But, but of California, we're giving you the right advice about dangers and risk, and, and so I think, you know... I think it's a combination of the fear and the trust. Cause no, I mean, you listen. The fear I, part, definitely, because obviously we don't know much about the disease. Yeah, but like I think that. obviously you, you're, you're feeling like you got to defend your position. I'm not saying, like, there are many people that still are that are still, like, wearing masks and super nervous and this and that. And I'm like, part of it is, like, at some point, don't you just have your own independent thought about how you should be living your life? Like, if we were waiting for California to tell us when we should be buying real estate, We'd still be waiting. Like, 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 there's no end to that. Like, I don't expect the government to be insightful on anything. And yet, a year ago, I was like letting them sort of, at least for a few weeks, letting them sort of run my life. And I'm like, I don't need these people to give me any insight. They're usually the last on insight. It's a fair point. Although I guess the argument would be, not an argument really. The the logic behind it is, it's it's a, it's a it's a health crisis, right? And, yeah. And for health and safety reasons. The state has that power. You don't have that freedom, you know. That, that that's what we've that, that's uh, what we've succeeded to the state and the government. That's that's. Well, I, I, I do have I do have the I, well. You're right. I don't have the I don't have I've I've submitted to living in California. Yeah. So I've submitted to saying that I'm going to follow the, laws the rules of, yeah, and the mandates rules of in, in this exactly. state. Right. But what I could do. And what I've thought a lot about yeah. is, do I need to be here? Well, no, I agree. Well, <laughs> and that's, I might and that, start voting with my feet. Yeah, well, then that's what a lot of people have done, right? Yeah. So, 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 yeah, we're, we lost a, you know, house, yeah. we lost some but, in the but house I, of residents. But I do think right? people are, because, you know, as, as you know, I have a, have a friend that we talk about in yeah, the county. dear friend, who, actually. Who should not be named. Yeah. But who is one of the most conservative people mm-hmm. we know. And he's, you know, I talk to him every weekend. Yeah. And he's, he's out there now networking. Yeah. And inviting me to, like, Go out with people I'm and sure do things, he's and he's back up on Tinder. You know, you know, I'm sure he is. He was yeah. he was back out there. You know, he was Mr. Gloves and Mr. You yeah, know, wipe down that. the groceries and and all that stuff. And so I, I I'm surprised. He you know I thought he would at least wait till June 15th, and I was surprised he's he's out there. And you know and he's telling me what restaurants are good to go to, ah. and so, where 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 you can sit, and more people are going, and, and so okay, he doesn't okay. seem bothered by the mass, and so and so I do think people well, he, are making he, decisions. He, you well, he's within but, the confines. But, but of see, the he's rules. a great example, David. In a lot of ways, is is that somebody that hasn't really seen it any other way. So he thinks this is the reality. It's only until you see that there's another way to actually live that you start saying that why am I living like this. It's like true, when you true. when you yeah, were in Vegas, just, suddenly it was 100 degrees. Yeah. You're like, this is sort of uncomfortable. I don't need to wear this. Okay, it's off. <laughs> yeah, he, true. He has not traveled to. to yeah, to yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he hasn't seen it. He hasn't yeah. experienced it in a while. He hasn't experienced it. And so when I, he experiences I, I, it, it's a different story. That's when you start saying, "Why well, am I doing this?" That's what. That's the. That's the magic of travel. Is you get to see like how other people are living their yeah. lives. 
guess and so, true. but, but I mean, I just looked at it. I mean, I don't want to belabor this thing, but like, I just looked at it as like the first time in my life, for at least a short period of time, like maybe like half of April, where I was like, God, I got to really listen in to what Garcetti and Newsom are telling me about this thing. And now I look back on it, I'm like, I don't know if I'll ever listen in again. Like, you know, aside from being a world war or something like huge and yeah. some scale or an earthquake or something like well out of my control, I'm sort of like, didn't really listen in in the before, and I don't plan on listening in again. Yeah, well, that and they definitely have their ratings have definitely fallen. Yeah. I mean, I remember in the beginning when they, you know, they used to do these weekly, oh, daily, daily, daily announcements. They're like, I don't, and it, maybe it's also the media. That, that, well, they, they don't, don't care. Really, they don't really care or report about it anymore. It's no, hard to it's find. It's not it, a news story. Just, yeah, you just hear about it tangentially, or if you happen to be, yeah. you know, just just surfing around on the internet. Because um, I did, yeah, just you know, he he announced. I guess California started doing some. You know, vac- vaccination lotteries to kind of similar to Ohio, and uh, I guess he, I, I saw something where he, uh, I guess we, we picked our first winners of some, yeah. some lottery contest. You got yeah. lucky? I don't know, don't know. Actually, I gotta go check the rules because what was odd about it, which is I guess very California, they did it in a California way. They didn't announce the winners. They just said, you know, you know, person A won. You know, for for privacy concerns, they didn't announce the winners, and they just said they're from LA County or they're from San Francisco County. Yeah. And so you they don't did, really they know. They did narrow it down for everybody. They though. narrowed it down, and I guess it's upon us to go check because because mm. you, you I think you had a week or so or you lose the they prize. Claim it. <laughs> you have to claim it. Yeah. So that's which reminds me, I need to go check <laughs> to see maybe, maybe we're, we should definitely put that on our Slack. Make sure everyone checks. Check to check, check check to see if you uh, check to see if you won. You won. Uh, but, very interesting. Very interesting. But, Go back to flying for a minute. So I, I was reading something interesting this week, which I haven't thought about in a long time. And I guess we haven't heard back since the early 2000s, which is uh, United Airlines um, invested some money in t- uh, to uh, buy uh, 15 jetliners from this new company called uh, Boom Technology. Boom. I guess named after so- Sonic Booms. Uh, Boom is working on sort of the subsonic, you know, supersonic, excuse me, supersonic jets. And they hope to have basically deliver these jets to... Uh, United Airlines by 2029, and so um, you know supersonic flying, you know flying, you know faster than speed of sound. I guess the old Concorde uh, back in the 90s was was, and I've never ridden one. I don't know if you've ever, have you ever done a Concorde no. flight? No, I mean I remember seeing those flights, but I've never actually. Yeah, and I never understood what happened. I guess they died out apparently because of 9/11, and there was one fatal crash, I think, and. Uh, you know, just the noise. I guess a lot of jurisdictions objected to planes. You know, when they take off and land and stuff, they caused a lot of big sonic booms and, and it kind of broke windows and different things. And so, well, apparently now, you know, I guess, you know, 20 years later, 10, 10 20 years later, technology is better, and uh, and also they're using um, environmentally friendly jet fuel, a lot of it out of plant waste and other and other human waste, and they, you know, they they think now it's going to be coming back and it'll be more affordable so one of the things they're looking at is you know the flight from new jersey to london will be really three and a half hours because united airlines has a big hub in new, in, jersey, in new jersey yeah and that's only like new york eight basically hours, new york yeah seven hour deal eight six hours hour, six hour deal is it six hours six hours oh. and then san francisco to tokyo will be uh six hours too so down from about 11 hours and so um I don't know. Would you? You know, it got me excited because you know sometimes we oh, go yeah, to Asia, and so I was thinking, oh, you know, it's a lot easier to go there in, in six hours than, than twelve hours. <laughs> and so um, I think I, you know, I would partake. Then obviously depending on price, but they said that the price, will, you know, for this type of business traveler, it's it's not that much different. 
Oh, I'd do it in a heartbeat. So, to be yeah. in London, if you could be in London, like if you leave Los Angeles at like, you know, in the morning and you could be in London for dinner, it's unbelievable. Mm. <laughs> like, yeah, no, I, unbelievable. I think it'd be fantastic. Although some people with the, the critics are arguing that now nah, nah with work from anywhere, like, you know, why do you need to be there? And why do you need to travel? There's not, not much of a need to go to some of these, you know, no, I think other further back. ways. I don't know. I, I mean, I think there's a, there's an aspect of this that hasn't been touched yet, but yeah. people are going to start traveling. We've been business traveling yeah, yeah. For, for most of, through the pandemic. I mean, we didn't, we never stopped. And the reality is, uh, for at least our business, is there's no way we, we get the productivity and we have the success we have without that travel. It's impossible. That's true. It's just, just impossible. Even deals, interaction with no, you just, just can't. Like it's yeah. impossible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For our equity, for deals, for projects, for you know construction, for I mean, you just can't do it. I don't know how you would do it. Like you can zoom all that stuff we did. You can zoom every one of those things. You can even zoom the damn dinners we had, but it's just not the same. Yeah. You know, we just it doesn't end the same way. Yeah, yeah, it's true. I mean, I think, and we we just uh, congratulations to the team here at, at Good Life. We just did our first virtual. Wine tasting this That's past right. weekend. Too. Past Friday. Too, this past Good Friday. job, uh, executive producers here. To, to, uh, Jason Fong and Brianna, Brianna Winkler. Winkler. Yeah, great work putting that together. And so and still drinking it. It, it was it was you know but it was it's a it's a you know ad- adaptation to the times I guess because you know we we're not fully open yet and uh, hopefully you know in a few more months especially. Uh, but see, I think September. that's a good that's a good thing that like we had so many of our investors on that virtual tasting, and they were all over the country in that deal. And the reality is, like, what else can we really offer to have any sort of connection to them beyond, like, something like that? Like, it's impossible. We could be like, yeah, we're having a beautiful dinner in Los Angeles. Come, how many people are really going to be able to come out for that? That's true. That's true. And so in some ways, like, what else could, like, that's one where it's perfect. Yeah. But, like, on the other side, like, you know, we've now done, you know, over $100 million in deals. This is just the beginning of this year. And... I don't think we get to 10% of that number, maybe 20% yeah, of that number yeah. without actually getting out there. Well, I guess that's really one of the, I guess, improvements that, that, that you know, changes that I guess COVID has resulted in, you know, you have companies like Zoom take it off mm-hmm. that you can actually do this kind of event where normally you just wouldn't have the interaction with those investors, right? You just try to do them remotely through emails and paper and documents and you know, this, this, it definitely helps establish more of a connection. So I think it's a good thing. Um, on the domestic front, a uh, big announcement from Apple, I heard, they, they said, it, you know, everyone's time to get back to the office. I saw that. So come September, Apple wants everyone back in the office. And, you know, uh, you need to be there on uh, Monday, uh, Monday, Tuesday, Thursdays. And so, uh, you know, and you're, there's some flexibility on Wednesday, Friday to do some remote working. So, and sure enough, Google and uh, Microsoft have, have made similar announcements about hybrid working. And, you know, this Zoom will continue to uh, pick up business as a so, result. So, the, one of the interesting things about this Apple thing is Apple has like 150,000 employees. And they have all these Slack channels. And there's a Slack channel within Apple that has 2,800 members employees of Apple, and the channel's titled, um, like, the not for work, not uh, work from home channel. Like, it's like this whole channel of, like, 2,800 employees of Apple that are all banded together on Slack that are talking about 
how they want to continue working from home. Oh, just the... Just for this Tim Cook announcement. Just the Tim Cook okay. Yeah, there's like 20, 100 people. But so it's only like, really, it's only like one and a half percent of the whole company, basically, that's like on this channel. I mean, I guess being on the channel means you're like definitely like very visible about what you want, right? So maybe there's not, there's some downside to that. But I mean, I think, I think there's a lot of people that want to be back in. Yeah. I, I think the reality is like, there is most people... For most jobs, want to have be in a collaborative environment. Mm -hmm. Like we we do our best work when this office is full up. Yeah. Generally speaking, like when when like you know we're office of seven, when like at least five of the seven people are here, it's probably the most productive. It's probably the most fun too because it's like you know we do stuff. It's fun, but that's probably when it's most productive. And if you get five engaged people, and it, it, it you know if we're all here, it's great. But the reality is like. For most people that want to work from home, I think the legitimate one is that they have some issue that's at home. Mostly kids. Yeah. Childcare. Right, childcare. That's the big one. And so when you have a kid, that's like your, that changes the game for a lot of people. Right? Yeah. And that, but I think if you gave people the option, getting out of the house for five, six, seven, eight hours, 10 hours, whatever the number is, I think most people opt in. Unless they hate what they do. Then it's, you know, totally different story. Well, that's why they're saying, I think that's one of the reasons why I think, you know, unemployment claims this week, you know, fell again for the fifth straight week from last week. Uh, we went down to uh, 385,000 last week from 405,000 the week before, then 590,000 the week before. Um, and it's, it's, you know, the four-week average is about 428,000 claims, which is the lowest level since the pandemic began. And I think it just showing that you know layoffs are declining some people are heading back to work and i think it's also a combination of you know the child care and the other uh you know uh, schools are opening and, and so people are actually you know don't need to work remotely as much anymore and yeah. then, and also that desire like you say you know people want to go back to the office to take that little break and i get that i, I you know i've raised my kids and so <laughs> I, I could see how having young ones at home, uh, you know, especially for 15 months, um, you know, you, you do need a little break. You, you, you break. do need a little hall pass. Yeah, that's, I think that's the reality of it. Um, so the, you know, so that's the good news. So, you know, it's still, so we're recovering, you know, layoffs are declining. Recovery is, I think, continue to proceed. And one of the other interesting statistics is uh, the study looked at the services sector, and you know they they keep saying the party is just starting there. Um, job postings, as a, as an example, on Indeed, uh, you know, in May was twenty percent over twenty six percent higher than what they were in February. Uh, so so you know companies are starting to hire again, and so that that also bodes well for the, for the job well. market. I guess the biggest challenge still is what we always what we talked about on prior podcasts, which is certain certain service sectors like the. Restaurants and hotels are, are having a hard time, and talked about the Chipotle hundred thousand dollar employees. Those types of businesses are, are still kind of struggling a little bit, and there's a, a, a number of factors influencing that. Some being, you know, the uh, you know people still being scared of COVID. Some being, um, you know, maybe they're taking advantage of federal unemployment benefits. But again, all that's supposed to expire by September, or some states are actually taking measures to, to cancel some of those uh, benefits earlier. Um, and then some states are actually advocating like paying people bonuses to, to get back to work and also to balance that to give companies tax credits to use if they hire. 
So using the federal dollars from the AIDS package. So I think that's a. So I think that's a. To me, I think that's a good combination solution. Well, yeah, I think that's a fair combination. You'll you'll see some. You'll definitely see people um, start to get back. I, I, but I think like I think we said this last podcast or one before. There is a. Uh, there's just been a shift, like that. While there's been when it work from home shift, there's also been just like this quality of life shift that's happened in this country, where people, you know, uh, Bree and I were talking about earlier. Like there's just people that, you know, can make theoretically a really great living as you know doing food service waitressing, and but the the reality of that job is just like it's it's extremely taxing. Like I've seen it. Like you can go and you can get like a legitimate like. Hour, you know, hourly wage at like a Chipotle or Jimmy John's or things like that. But it is a taxing, mentally taxing and physically taxing job. Like that's the reality of it. Yeah. And, and there's a part of it now that's like, I'd ra- and, and you know, that job is straight food service and you can make like a decent wage, but it's extremely taxing. Or you're like in the waitressing game and you can make a, a very low wage, but you can like get sprung out on tips. And then you can make a really good wage. But that's, who knows? Sometimes you get it, sometimes you don't. Yeah. And it, it's like hard to live life when it's so unpredictable. I think there's just this move that's like, I would rather just Uber. I would rather just be an Amazon worker. Uh, yeah, I'd rather, like I've heard of like, you know, I, it is an interesting one. I've heard of mothers that would literally drop their kid off at school, mm-hmm. then start Ubering, then pick the kid up, and then start Postmating. Because then now the kid's in the car. And it's like okay, I can still on my way home. We're gonna we're gonna have like we're gonna drop three food packages off. I mean, it's not ideal. <laughs> I'm not saying this is a great thing, but it's very logical in a lot of ways. Like she's you know you're making probably a pretty good. She's probably making There's, you know a pretty decent decent wage for the day. Yeah, that's true. On and then some having done having had a little experience on the food service <laughs> business myself <laughs> as a driver. The, you know, was, there are times where, you know, you don't have, you just drive up to the certain, you know, curbside pickup and, and you get the food. And then, you you know, in this day of COVID, you know, you just drop off the food. You don't necessarily have to interact yeah. with people to give them the food. And so, so you know, t- you know, driving around with a with a child in the car is, is not as inconvenient as it normally would be. Yeah. So, you just, you can still make a, like a wage. Yeah. Right. So, but an interesting yeah. phenomenon I, I read about too was, uh, you know, taken to the other extreme is sort of the nomad land life of uh, certain couples who, you know, there's this demographic now, basically from 120,000 to 150,000 uh, annual salary type folks, um, where some people have, during this pandemic, just basically been a nomad moving from, you know, a residential rental apartment community to community and just basically traveling around the U.S. They've you know, I read an article about this family that just traveled from, you know, Austin to Dallas to New York City to San Francisco. And more and more landlords, especially in larger buildings, you know, especially in these urban core areas, um, you know, they lost all their tenants, so they, they were more flexible. They provide short-term leases. Or there's even companies now, I think there's one called Landing, uh, where you can, you know, you pay a membership fee, so sort of like a Costco membership model. But they've got a network of properties in 80 cities that you can just, pick up and you know you want to live there for three months and work remotely and uh, you know live, live the Austin lifestyle come, come on down and um, 
you know, the other companies also in Manhattan, for as an example, there was a new high-rise condo in downtown Manhattan. I heard they've got sort of this lease-to-own program where you can mm. lease your, you know, instead of buying a condo where you're stuck, you can just make lease payments. And if you ultimately decide, you know what, I want to buy this place, then you'll get a full credit for all your rental payments um, toward, toward your purchase. And so that kind of flexibility for that highly desirable tenant who makes a fairly, you know, heavy wage, heavy wage you know, yeah. six figures basically, um, is, 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 you know, another adaptation of business models and, and it's very attractive and it's, uh, you know, it's interesting, uh, you, you know, that there's just, you know, I don't think there were that when we were younger, there were not, you know, it was either just sign a lease for 12 months, <laughs> that's it, pretty yeah. much really was your choice. Or you're done, right? Yeah, or you're done, yeah. So there's definitely, you know, and, that, and that's also spurred the growth in another area in the single family rental, you know, where it appeals to a lot of millennials because as, as we talked about all those, you know, difficulties with the, you know, no one wants to get into bidding war on houses and the short supply and also the overpricing and also making those big deposit payments, you know, the millennials and also these, even even these, uh, the, the grandparents with the, you know, they call them the baby chasers, you know, the baby grandparents want to, want to live closer to the, to the, to their kids who have kids, the grandkids. And then there's the empty nester older types, um, which I'll be heading towards soon The you know, where they'll want to, and I could see myself wanting this, you know, want to lock and leave lifestyle where, you know, I can just, you know, lock, lock it up and leave and, and travel around and not, um, you know, worry about the, you know, having a, having a big house and then, and, and, you know, make sure the house is safe and all that. So there's there's new different uh, renter classes, which has really grown this whole single family uh, rental market. So we, we talked about in the past. Yeah, I think it's it's growing super fast. I think there's there's also another part of it that as home pricing continues to become less and less affordable, single ha- f- family home rental will start to become more and more attractive. Yeah, because people just want the extra space. They want a second home office. They want a gym. They want all this stuff. And and that's another. Thing, like if we go look back a year where, where all these lockdowns, there was already a huge desire for single family home rentals. And it just got even like more desirable because people are like, I'll take all this space and suddenly I'll have to go to the office three days a week or two days a week yeah. if I work for Apple. Like I can, now I'm just going to live in my home yeah. and wherever yeah. in Stockton. And, li- and, <laughs> and, live, or, and li- live in these new communities yeah. with all these amenities and, and uh, community amenities. I got a little bit of yard and, you know, maybe the school district is pretty good. And so, yeah, it's, 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 uh, you get the benefits of home ownership by actually owning a home. You, know, so you have that flexibility. Yeah, that's the, that's the whole thing. You got the flexibility. Um, well, let's get, well, let's get to our items of the week, David. I, I think you had some good ones this week. You got a number? Uh, well, my number was focusing back on, on employment. And, uh, you know, we talked about how it's hard for Chipotle and some of these service companies and like Shake Shack wants to open Shack. 40 restaurants this year. But they, but they all have hiring issues. Well, one new trend that's developed is, is hiring is, is actually booming in the uh, younger market, teenage market, the 16 to 19-year-old. Um, employment rate actually right now is 33.2%, which is the highest it's been since 2008. And a lot of supermarkets and restaurants now who, who can't find workers are, and then some hotels too, they're, they're going for this sort of younger demo, demographic. Um, What's interesting too, in, in comparison, just to give you some uh, perspective, uh, you know, this number's thirty-three uh, percent. Uh, it was twenty percent in April, so it's gone up pretty, pretty dramatically. And at its peak, which was back in the seventies, you had basically teenage employment at fifty percent. But that was in a different era where I think you know kids were expected to work, less people going to colleges. Yeah. And so it's interesting that you know demographically that all changed, less working. 
but now be given sort of the labor and employment conditions, job situation, you know, now now kids are back out there working. Yeah. So it's interesting how it's how it's shifted again. Uh, my number of the week goes back to some more air travel, and it's uh, the cost of is two point eight million, which is the cost of a ticket to next sit next to Jeff Bezos when he takes his Amazon spaceship into this into space. So two point eight million is the cost of the ticket to go to space with Jeff. Wow. Yeah. yeah. A little bit more expensive than your yeah, Conco- than my Concord. Yeah. Concord. Yeah. yeah, the Concord yeah, yeah. the boomling. And, boom and I hope they serve, you know, they didn't serve drinks or anything on our uh, Vegas flight because it was too short. Yeah. So I well, hope they, you were, you were there. I hope there's some other ed- uh, some some other amenities when you're flying that long with Jeff. <laughs> Jeff at well, least gets a meal and drink there. You definitely get a Prime membership. How about that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Interesting. All right, and then my uh, my content of the week, I, what I liked watching this week was um, I finished the new HBO miniseries Mayor of East Town, okay. which stars uh, Kate Winslet uh, of Titanic fame, okay. who's now yeah, forty six like and uh, looks very uh, northeast, like it's a small town in I think Connecticut, like it's like upper upper northeast, okay. and it, it's like about this uh, mayor who's the main character who's Kate Winslet is like this former star of the town and now she's a detective and it's like a like a murder mystery basically okay. and uh, it's it's it's, like a, it's just good content like a like murder it, she wrote kind of uh, not, like, not Angela Lansbury but more more a little more salacious than that a little bit okay. more you know little more seedy and it's like it's in the northeast like okay it's kind of where like uh, our our associate producer jason fong went to school in the westerly area it's just it's like how those towns are and like you don't see much depiction of them it's kind of like it's kind of like boston but it's harder in some ways like it's just they're just like like she's just constantly drinking a rolling rock like the whole like <laughs> the, throughout the whole six seasons she's just like she must have drank like like six hundred rolling rocks. Like it's just like every every time she's like slightly stressed, she just grabs a rolling rock. <laughs> or a rolling rock. Like, the water in the bottle. Yeah, <laughs> no, I don't know. Yeah, you're right. But she pops it. Yeah. So I don't know. It's just like it's a very hard life. Like it's just hard, and there's just it's antiquated in some ways, but it's interesting. And it's HBO just makes like just crazy good stuff. And like when you start watching, generally anything they make, you're. I would say you're hard pressed to not gonna you're not gonna want to finish it. Okay, so so my uh, I guess cultural item I guess is cultural item I like that. Is, is oh. kind of, <laughs> has to do more something I was watching yeah. it, and then I did it a little like research afterward, which was baseball. <laughs> and boring. It's, 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 it's you know it's funny because when I was a little kid and younger in college, I always thought baseball was boring. And it, and, and it I did change now. It, no, it, no, no, and it changed it got worse, actually when man. I had ki- when I had children. And I, and I used to have to, you know, like typical dads, we were all assistant coaches for the Little <laughs> League with my son. And, and I started to learn more about the sport and, I, and the details and, and all that. And so I got more into baseball. Um, but recently I was watching a game and, and, and there was a pitcher, a Mets pitcher, who, who apparently is this phenom. And I did some more research about him. And I guess he's one of the, he has the lowest ERA in, in over 50 years in all of MLB on the Mets. This guy, Jacob deGrom with a, a 0.71 ERA, and basically he draws all these fastballs, but apparently there's been an interesting shift uh, in less than a year, I guess 2020 and 2019 was the year of home run hitters, and the, what the hitters had discovered was when they swing, if they swing for the fences, as they say, basically sort of like an uppercut with your bat, 
they're able to lift the ball and get the ball to travel further. They either strike out or they get the home run. And 2019 and 2020 was, was a peak year for the season with the most uh, home runs. <laughs> and this Jacob deGrom and a lot of other MLB pitchers now have, like you said, made the game a little more boring. There have been so many no-hitters and yeah. so many um, low-scoring games this year. Apparently, they've now figured out that if you throw a certain type of fastball – that's sort of high, and it's based on uh, the pitches they used to, women softball pitchers um, invented in, in softball called the high-rise ball, oh, yeah. which is underhand, yeah, and yeah, it yeah. comes in at such velocity, and it gives you the illusion of rising. It sort of falls right in that gap where they're swinging to uppercut. And so because of this, and you add on the Major League Baseball pitcher speeds of, you know, and, th- and this guy, DeGrom, as I said, you know, he's 98 miles per hour and higher, and he's got some stuff that was like, you know, 105 miles an hour. Um, basically, these, these these hitters can't hit anything, and so you're having much more strikeouts, much more no hitters, and it's, it's basically, you know, actually caused the, the hitters actually get a little paranoid now. They're also blaming the umpires. The umpires are expanding the strike zone, and so... Um, are you done? That's my little. That's my little. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's my little fascinating. I, for baseball. The point of this part is the content you recommend people to watch, not yeah. what they shouldn't watch. Well, no, I, I, I think I'm sure players. Will I would adjust. challenge you. Would... We can next time when we're back from NHC next week. I would challenge you to watch two innings of it, and you choose the game, and we'll sit here and try and watch two innings. I challenge you to do that. Okay. I, I can watch it now. <coughs> without your computer open, without your phone on. Okay. I'm, not, I'm my phone on, my computer's open, because I know I can't do it. So I'll challenge you to <laughs> sit here and watch it. But we can eat drink, right? <laughs> yeah, you can have your lunch if you'd like. Yeah, I challenge you to continue to watch that thing. Okay. It is so boring. But it, to, to me, it's fascinating, because having, <laughs> having gone through the baseball phase during Little League with my son... And then getting into sort of details of Again, baseball. David, I think this that's is the where content the you want people to watch. Not, no, no. Not, there's a lot of... You have a, when's the last time you watched a baseball game? When I've gone? Well, I haven't gone. When you watch... They're on TV every single day. I haven't watched a full game. I've seen excerpts. An inning. An You've inning. seen an end-back. I've seen an watched an inning. I watched an inning. There you go. All right. If you really want content, Mayor of Eastwick. If you don't want content, watch a baseball game. Hey, but baseball is the most popular sport, right? But baseball is the most popular viewer sport, I don't think that's the case at all. It just has the most amount of games. Baseball people themselves would say Anyway, statistically, I found it fascinating. It's the lowest batting average in all of history of Major League Baseball. It's an interesting But that's how baseball fans are. They're statistics, guys. Well, they're 50-year-old white men. That's what they generally are. I guess you fall into that group. I have evolved that. Okay. Uh, all right, and my upgrade of the week is I had to get a new iPhone because my iPhone was dying very quickly. And so when you get a new iPhone, you end up uh, upgrading some apps. And I found this new podcast app called the Castro Podcast Player. It's a remarkably nicely designed app that shows you kind of like plays, downloads podcasts as you want them. It can play podcasts slightly faster. It can kind of zoom through ads a little bit somehow it's figured out where the ads oh. are so you can oh zoom that's very helpful for, for for someone yeah. like you who's a podcast yeah listener. podcast aficionado yes, yes. um yes. but it's a nice app it's very well designed and it uh it does a good job of showing you podcasts that you may find based on what you already listen to what you might like like mm-hmm. so but it costs twenty dollars so it's not free. Oh, the app is not free it's not free it's not free it's, but you know don't make free. i listen to a lot of podcasts so i figured i could invest the twenty dollars uh, did you have an upgrade this week? Or I don't. Just... I didn't do anything. Well, you watched watch one inning. Of baseball, I watched one inning. So of there you go. And, and, and I did go to the gym again. So oh, my oh, look at you! Look at you! That's no, where you saw it, your one inning. Still, it is still not as uh, crowded. Good. 
All right, folks, another good long episode, a lot to talk about. Hope you had some good laughs. Please uh, slide into our DMs if you don't mind or follow us on, on any of our social media. And always any questions. We, I know we've sit, we're sitting on a few, Mr. Fong. Um, please send them to pod at, GL, at goodlifehp.com. Otherwise, we will send you next week with a full debriefing of the NMHC conference, which is going to be over the next few days. Yeah. Thank I you. Was gonna, I was going to add that, that oh. we're about to go to our first uh, real I guess in person, in person conference, business conference, which we haven't done in, in fifteen months, I guess. Yeah. And so, months. so that that'll be exciting, and uh, we'll report back on that next week. We'll debrief everyone next week. Final okay. last words. Uh, be safe, everyone.